0: Hey everyone, we continue our read-through of the New Testament, and today we are in John 15, where Jesus continues his farewell discourse to his disciples. And today we will see the glory of what it means that he is the true vine. Chapter 15, we read, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit." But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my, my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. If the world hates you, know that it was hated, before it hated, but it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. They persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name. Because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my Father also. If I, had not, if I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have seen and hated both me and my Father. But That word that is written in the law must be fulfilled, that they hated me without a cause. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you, will also, you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning the word of the lord thanks be to god what a text here man this is just powerful so in verses 1 through 17 he lays out this teaching on the fact that he is the vine we are the branches and this is a, a a parable that he gives an illustration that he gives to demonstrate our union with him as our mediator right These portrayals that he gives of this kind of picture of the way we connect to Christ is absolutely foundational to understanding the nature of our relationship to him, right? In some places he refers to himself as the foundation and we are the building here, we, he is the brine, we are the branches. Other places, he is the head, we are the body. Other places, he is the husband, we are the wife. Other places, he is Adam and his descendants, right? The comparison with the vine and branches here, though, is purposely being used to denote this organic union and relationship of complete dependence that we have on him. Notice verse 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches, Whoever abides in me and I in him, he he it is that bears fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Suppose you are totally paralyzed and can do nothing for yourself but talk. And suppose a strong and reliable friend promised to live with you and do whatever you needed done. How could you glorify this friend if a stranger came to see you? Would you glorify his generosity and strength by trying to get out of bed and carry him? No. You would say, friend, please come lift me up. And would you put a pillow behind me so I can look at my guest? And would you please put my glasses on for me? And so your visitor would learn from your request two things. First, that you are helpless. And two, that your friend is both strong and kind. You glorify your friend by desperately needing him. And in your need for him, asking him for help and counting on him to be faithful to help in your moment of need. And in John 15:5, Jesus says apart from me you can do nothing. So we really are paralyzed. This isn't just a, you know, lackluster illustration. Without Christ, we are capable of no Christ-exalting good. As Paul says in Romans 7:18, nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. But John 15:5 says that God intends for us to do much Christ-exalting good, namely, to bear fruit. Whoever buys in me and on him, he, he it is that bears much fruit. So, in order for this to happen, our strong and reliable friend, Jesus, and he calls us his friends in verse 15, he has promised to do for us and through us what we can't do for ourselves. We who can do nothing, Jesus says, I will come, lift you up so that you can do this. So how then do we glorify him? Jesus gives the answer in John 15:7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. In other words, how do we glorify him? We pray. We ask God to do for us through Christ. What we can't do for ourselves, answer, bear fruit. Lord, help us bear fruit through Christ. And John fifteen eight gives us the result: this, my Father, is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so we glorify Jesus in seeking His strength and power to bear the fruit that then brings glory. To the Father. And so how is God glorified by prayer and in our abiding in Him according to John 15? Prayer is the open admission that without Christ we can do nothing. And prayer is the turning away from ourselves to God in the confidence that He will provide the help we need. This is what we are called to do. He is the vine. We are the branches. We are in complete and utter dependence upon Him. And then in verses 18 through 27, he closes out by this picture of, of how we will be hated by the world because of our stance in Him. Though He says, the world hated me. And if they hated me, how much more so will they despise you? For a servant is not greater than his master. Right? And so the reason that they despise you is because of their sin and the hatred of the one that you stand for, Christ. They hated Christ. They despised Christ. I hear this all the time. If you just acted more like Jesus, you know, the people would like you a lot more. No, they won't. They they killed him. They killed Jesus. They despised him. Both sides of the aisle hated him. The political leaders hated him. The religious leaders hated him. Both sides of the aisle wanted him gone. And so I think the words of Spurgeon seek best when he said, Be weary when the world speaks well of you. Why? Because if you reflect Christ, you must be ready to receive the suffering that comes with following Christ. You must take up your cross and follow Him. Everyone wants to come to the cross for salvation, but no one wants to get upon it for sanctification. And both are required as we faithfully lead and follow the Lord, regardless of what the world says or does to us, because we have the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us to bear witness of Christ and to remind us, that we indeed are with Him. And if we are with Him, grafted into Him by faith, then what do we have to fear or fret as it pertains to what man can do to us? God bless. Have a wonderful week.